so a question for the young ones. Uh, are any of you Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, some kind of scouting? No, we do summer camps, but yeah, we didn't. And we don't ever go to. Yeah, um, it can be a, it can be a lot of fun, you know, um, to be a scout. Uh, even if you aren't scouts, uh, how many of you know the motto for scouting? Be prepared. Few of us do. Be prepared. Right? What is the motto that should be on everybody's minds? Be prepared. Be prepared. Be prepared. Exactly. That reminds me of the song from Lion King. Yes. Yeah, we always have to be prepared because we never know what's what's going to come. And for those of us, especially who live in California, you know, we know how important it is to be prepared because. If a fire should happen, maybe we lose electricity for a while and we have to be prepared with lamps and lights and maybe a generator or candles. something like that. Candles, exactly. If an earthquake happens, we have to be prepared, right? So we always keep extra water on hand and maybe again. So I just want to bring out my flashlight here. Part of being prepared is not just having a flashlight, but it's also making sure that you have a battery in the flashlight. And it's also being prepared enough to check your batteries every now and then to make sure that they work. So let's see if I'm wise and I have a battery that works in my flashlight. Mm -hmm. Or if I'm foolish. <laughs> Ta-da! Yay! So I'm, at least for today, I'm wise. And, uh, but we need to keep checking, right? Jesus told this great parable about bridesmaids who were waiting for the groom to come. And they were supposed to be prepared. So in the old days, in Jesus' day, they didn't have flashlights and batteries like we have, but they had something else. They had, I don't know if you can see this, but a little lamp, right? So you put the oil in the big hole, and you put a wick like this in the little hole, and then you trim your wick so that it sits in the oil, and then you take a little flask like this and you pour your oil in and then you light the wick and you have a fire. It's kind of like how we have the tapers in church. And when we want to light our candles on the altar, um, we have to have a wick and we have to have a lighter and we have to have oil in the candles. And we have people like Brian and Jane and Marilyn and Lois Ann and all those people that make sure that we have things ready when it comes time for church. And so the parable today was about being ready, being prepared. And five of the bridesmaids were prepared, five were not. And so 
the real meaning of the story, I think, is this, that who do you think the bridegroom was in that parable? Who's, who does the bridegroom represent? Well, a good answer in a children's sermon is generally Jesus. Yeah. Right. So the bridegroom represents Jesus. Someday, we are told, Jesus is coming back. Yay! That should be news. We want to meet Jesus. We want to be able to talk with Jesus and say more about how wonderful it is to be the Son of God and to include us in your family and to teach us all the things that Jesus would teach us. So someday we know Jesus comes back. So the question is, are we prepared for when Jesus comes back? Hmm. And the other question is, how do we prepare for Jesus coming again? And so maybe it's the simple answer with three words. We know that God gives us these three things and wants us to share these three things with as many people as we can in the world. And they are faith and hope and love. And if we can keep our faith strong, if we can always have hope, even in the midst when things are not going so well, like in the middle of an earthquake or in fire or pandemic or all the changes we've had in our world, and if we can keep loving even those that seem to be unlovable, that's how we stay prepared for meeting Jesus. And that's the reminder of the story today. So this is our prayer, a simple prayer that asks us for Jesus to keep filling us up like a lamp so that we can continue to be the light of Jesus in the world and share the gifts that God has given us, faith and hope and love. Amen. And now for the older ones, uh, just a, a statement that I have been ordained now 42 years. And in that time, I probably have officiated at about 500 weddings and uh, maybe, maybe a few more. And I could write the book on weddings and what can go wrong and what does go wrong. And uh, I'll give you an example. This was in my younger days. I was in Union City, New Jersey, and a young couple had joined the church. They were planning on getting married on a Saturday morning at 11 o'clock. And we had a rehearsal the night before. Everything was fine. The day of the wedding, about 10 to 30, the organist started playing the pre-service music and people were coming in and the groom and the groomsmen were in my house. I lived next to the church. So they were sitting at the dining room table having a cup of coffee. The bride and her bridesmaids were in the basement of the church, all ready to go, came and the bride said, we can't start the wedding yet. Why not? My mother isn't here. 
her mother lived on Long Island. So we figured, oh, a little bit of traffic. She'll be here shortly. So we waited and waited. Got to be 11.30. Mother still isn't there. Now they're beginning to worry. This was back in the days before cell phones too, right? So did mother get in an accident? Has mother been abducted? Did mother take a wrong turn? Is she in Westchester County or is she halfway to Pennsylvania? Uh, we just didn't know. And so at 11.45, we started thinking we really ought to start the wedding. And the bride said, no, we can't start the wedding until my mother is here. Meanwhile, the organist is getting awfully cranky. She's been playing the organ for over an hour. And we had a funeral scheduled for one o'clock on that afternoon. So flowers were arriving, guests were arriving for the funeral, and we're still waiting to do the wedding. So finally at noon, we had to start the wedding, and we did. And it was an odd wedding because you just could feel the tension, the worry about what happened to mom. So they finished the wedding, pictures were taken, off they went, finished the funeral, everybody's gone. I went to the rehearsal or to the uh, reception for the wedding and uh, there's mom. She had forgotten how to get to the church. So she went right to the reception hall and she started drinking right away at 10.30 in the morning. And so she was in a pretty good mood. No one else was in an equally good mood. <laughs> but um, anyway, wedding story. Today, Jesus tells us a parable about a delayed start to a wedding, except no one is uh, waiting for the bride. No one is waiting for the mother of the bride, but they're waiting for the groom. And not everyone in the parable is waiting uh, because uh, we know that uh, some of them fell asleep and they just weren't fussing enough. So, and we know that the groom in the parable is Jesus himself. So for almost 2,000 years, Christians have read parables about waiting for the Lord's coming, and we get them usually in the darker weeks of the year, toward the end of the year, when it seems like the time for waiting should be up. For 2,000 years, Christians have been asking, how long, O Lord, do we wait for you? How long, how long, how long? We often proclaim together the mystery of faith, right? Christ has died, Christ has risen, but we're not so sure maybe about the last part of that statement, Christ will come again. To our shame, maybe not many of us wake up in joyful anticipation, wondering if today is the day of Christ's return. But when we look at the world at war with itself, when we look at our weary nation and broken lives, when we remember those that we love so much who have died and we miss them more than life itself, when we listen to the cries of the oppressed, and those who will go to bed hungry tonight for no good reason, 
then maybe we also wonder how long, O oh Lord. As the psalmist said in today's psalm, I am poor and needy. Come to me speedily, O oh God. You are my helper and my deliverer. O oh Lord, do not tarry. And so it's incredible to listen to the joy in the parable today when all the wedding guests who have been waiting and wondering and falling asleep finally hear this cry, look, here's the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Can you imagine their joy? It's a cry of completion, of consummation, of hopes finally fulfilled, that everything they've been waiting for and even for things that they couldn't imagine is finally here. He who once cried out from the cross, it is finished, now has come to finish the job, to bring all things to completion, to heal everything that's broken, to forgive all that have gone astray, to make right everything that's gone wrong, to make the old world a new creation, to bring to this dark and dying world the bright dawning of his own Easter morning. This is what St. Paul is trying to encourage us with in his letter to the Thessalonians today. I don't want you to be uninformed about those who have died, he says. Sometimes it seems like our waiting is for nothing and that those who have died are just lost to us. And we worry that when our lives run out, we too will just disappear into the darkness. But Paul says, no, the bridegroom, Jesus Christ himself, will descend from heaven. God will finish what God has started, for God will raise the dead just as he raised up his son on that Easter morning. The second coming of Christ is just the echo, just the aftershock of Easter morning. And when it washes across us, we will meet the Lord and be with our Lord forever. So Christ has power even over death. On the cross, he died your death for you. And his empty tomb means that your tomb will be empty too. The bridegroom will show up for you. He won't leave you standing at the altar. And the great cosmic wedding feast will begin. And with all those we have loved, we will be with the Lord forever. And God provides all that we need while we wait. God gives us the oil of faith and hope and love. God pours out his oil of grace and blessing upon you more richly than any of us will ever be able to understand. Don't fool yourselves. It's not from you, but a generous gift from God. St. Augustine once said, yes, maybe you made the oil, but who made the olives? And when the moment of judgment comes, when push comes to shove, you will have put to use all that God has given you richly. The five foolish bridesmaids that Jesus warns us of today were generously offered as much as the wise bridesmaids. 
they just didn't think that they needed it. How often do we think we don't need God's loving grace in our lives until we really do? So the reminder today is stay awake, or better yet, be prepared. Amidst these dark days, let the riches of God's grace, the brightness of God's light, the depths of God's healing, and the sanctifying oil soak into you. Take it in like a sponge. Store it up. God has an infinite supply, and you and my need is so great today. For the mystery of the faith is true. Christ has died, Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. Yes, once in final glory, coming to make all things new, coming to bring all things to completion. But he also comes again and again each and every day in our prayer life, in our family, in our friends, in our neighbors, in strangers, in those in need. Every encounter that we have with prayer, with the thinking that Christ is with us, with love and service is a time when Jesus comes to us and to others as well. But he also comes to us now in our time together in worship, in the bread and wine of the Eucharist, his body and blood, the bridegroom who gives himself as the main course of his wedding supper. The old Germans used to call this the Abendmahl. Any old Germans with us? The evening meal, the last supper, a meal where those who wait late into the night for the bridegroom, wondering and waiting for him to come, and who in that meal would receive him ahead of time in joy. So you who wait amidst the darkness of this day, the message and invitation is this. Come and eat, come and soak up his oil. Let your lamps be filled and recharged until the great day when the bridegroom comes, the wedding begins, and in his bright courts, we rejoice with him forever. Amen. <laughs>